This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Welcome to the new and improved Relationship Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Rachel Vanderbilt, and I'm providing advice backed by relationship science research to help make your relationships healthier and happier. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how you can help improve the likelihood that your long-distance relationship will work out. I met my husband when I was a freshman in college. We sat across from each other in our computer science lab during the first week of class. We started dating officially a few months later and spent the rest of the school year practically inseparable. Like a lot of freshmen, I struggled greatly to effectively acclimate to college, and perhaps not like a lot of freshmen, wound up being dismissed for poor academic performance over the next summer. I was faced with a decision about my relationship at that moment, because moving home to attend community college would mean that I would be nine hours away from him. It wasn't really even a question for us that we'd stay together, and I don't recall ever having an explicit conversation with him about what we'd do. I traveled to my old college town to see him maybe once a semester, and then we visited each other when he was home on breaks from school. We video chatted every night and texted as often as we could throughout the day. That year, I applied to transfer back to a four-year school and ultimately made the decision to attend a university only three hours away from my then-boyfriend. We were able to see each other more frequently during that time, but it was still another three years until we lived in the same place. So for those not doing the math, we were long distance for about four years. I often get asked about how to make long distance relationships work. And the truth is, it won't always work. Long distance relationships are notoriously difficult for some people. The reality is that long distance relationships actually stem from necessity, typically such as military deployment, going away to college, or work availability constraints. And the stress of transitioning to long distance can be really difficult to navigate. To understand your long distance relationship, we should first talk about how we make our relationships work when we live in the same place. The things that we do to keep our relationship in good repair are called relationship maintenance behaviors. But what behaviors qualify as relationship maintenance? Research has identified seven categories of relationship maintenance behaviors. The first is positivity, or being cheerful, optimistic, or in a decent mood around your partner. The second is assurances, or discussing your future with your partner and intentions to stay together and actively planning with them. The third is relationship talk, or having open conversations about concerns in the relationship or the overall state of your relationship. Fourth is self-disclosure, or sharing your thoughts and feelings with your partner. Fifth is understanding or not being judgmental towards your partner and actively giving forgiveness. Sixth is networks, which is referring to interacting with friends and family together. And finally, seventh is tasks, 
And that's like doing your chores or providing tangible help to your partner. Many of these behaviors are routine, regular tasks that we do that also happen to be in service of our relationship. This could include doing our regular chores because it's time for them to be done, cooking dinner because you're hungry, or talking about your day because that's just how you wind down after work. Other behaviors are more strategic and are done specifically with the goal of putting effort into the relationship. This can be telling your partner that you love them when they look like they need to hear it, having a conversation about a relationship concern after something happens, or doing one of your partner's chores when you notice that they're overwhelmed. The same behaviors can be routine sometimes and strategic other times. Sometimes we tell our partner we love them because that's just what we do, whereas other times we tell them we love them because they need to hear it and we want to comfort them on purpose. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. So how is this different in long-distance relationships? Some research has looked at how couples who are in long-distance relationships uniquely enact relationship maintenance behaviors. Long-distance partners go through cycles of physically separating and coming together. For couples who are not in close geographic proximity, enacting maintenance behaviors can occur prior to a separation, during a separation, and after a separation. Behaviors that serve to maintain the relationship can be intrapersonal or cognitive, dyadic or between both partners, or network between third parties in nature. Researchers found that engaging in intrapersonal maintenance behaviors before, during, and after a separation can help decrease feelings of uncertainty about the state of the relationship. And intrapersonal behaviors are largely about thinking through the situation. So before a separation, you may prepare for what that time will be like. During a separation, you may think about your partner and the relationship and then remind yourself about the positives of your partnership. And afterwards, you may reframe the negative feelings caused by the separation. In addition, during a period of separation, dyadic maintenance behaviors are the most effective at reducing feelings of uncertainty. Engaging in frequent communication with a partner can help keep the relationship strong. This communication can be pseudo-face-to-face, like through video chatting, or less immediate, like through texting. As someone who's been through a long-distance relationship before, I have a few recommendations for how you can make the best of what can really be a difficult situation. First, I think it's important that we try to reframe what a long-distance relationship means. It's easy to get in your head about a long-distance relationship somehow being less good than a geographically close relationship. And the truth is, 
Being in a relationship while physically apart can be healthy. When my husband and I were first together, we were inseparable. While many people think of that as a good thing, we were jealous of each other when we were apart, and we struggled to be independent. Being apart allowed for us to develop our individuality and identify activities that made us happy while still being in a wonderful, supportive partnership. Second is to try and develop a communication plan and try and stick to it. Whether this means texting each other throughout the day or having a set video chat in the evening, making decisions about how often you want to communicate before you move to long distance can help set clear expectations for what will make your partnership happy and fulfilling. You may also want to schedule set moments for intimacy while apart, which could be as simple as a virtual cooking date or watching a TV show together once a week. Being flexible when life happens is important, but also having and maintaining consistent check-ins or setting virtual dates is crucial. And third, plan for and talk about future in-person moments. It's important to look ahead at what's coming and to build excitement for those moments together. Some people recommend setting a firm time to see each other next during every in-person visit. And I wouldn't go that far, but knowing an, an approximate time frame for the next meetup can help ease some of that uncertainty and also the sadness of leaving one another. Once you have a firm date, working together to plan that time together can make your time apart feel less bad. Also, try to tell your partner about how excited you are to see them next. Generally, the best way to be in a long-distance relationship is to buy into it wholeheartedly. Embrace the time to be an individual and to work on yourself. Make the time you have together exciting, enjoyable, and something to actively look forward to. Set up a communication plan and a virtual date plan that will work for you. Long distance doesn't have to be some horrible, completely gut-wrenching experience. Try to work towards making the most out of the situation while growing and maintaining your partnership. Relationship Doctor is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Dan Firebend with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Follow Relationship Doctor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer, you can email me at relationshipdoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also leave me a message at 813-397-8165. Be sure to tell me if it's okay to use your voice on the show. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.